God, this is your word. And we don't want to take it lightly, Lord. Lord, you are real. Your word is power. And we just want to ask that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. This isn't my word. This isn't something from man, Lord. This is your word, Lord. And I just pray by your spirit, Lord, you would pour it into us today, Lord. That we would know you in greater ways, in deeper ways, Lord. That this, these words on these pages would be more than words. That they would be real. That they would be life to us. Lord, we lift up your name and praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, in Matthew chapter 4, I was reading this lately, and uh, you know, I've read this before. It's, it's, uh, it's commonly referred to as the temptation of Jesus, you know, Jesus being tempted. And I, 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 you know, most of you probably are familiar a little bit with the story. I'll read through it. Uh, but um, I read through it not too long ago, and, it, and it, some things jumped out at me here, and I, I really thought, wow, this is... I really got to take a closer look at this. And to put some context to it, uh, Jesus is just kicking off his ministry. He recently was baptized by John in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit ascended on him like a dove, and he's ready to rock and roll. And then in verse 1, it says, When Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And it, it you know, you, you read that, it, 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 you know, all right, he's going into the wilderness. The devil's going to tempt him, if you know the scripture. Um, but I, I, it caught my attention here. It says, Jesus was led up of the Spirit. And it stood out to me because I was thinking the Holy Spirit is leading him into this, this showdown with the devil. I don't know about you, but I would be a little intimidated if I knew that that was going to take place at some point in my life. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do. Probably head for the hills. But here we, we see the Holy Spirit leading him, and uh, and he's going to be tempted. And I, I had to stop for a minute because I was all I could think about. I just kept thinking about the Lord's Prayer. And if you know the Lord's Prayer, a couple chapters ahead, in Matthew, he says. He says, Lord, lead us not into temptation. And I was thinking, wait a second here. You know, this is the Jesus showing his disciples how to pray, saying, lead us not into temptation. And here we have the Holy Spirit leading us into temptation. Uh, it just kind of shook me a little bit. I was like, wow, I got to dig in here. And I, and I, bear with me here. I looked up some Greek. So I'm not Greek and I don't speak Greek, but I, I was, I wanted to look a little more closely at what these words mean. And and the word leading uh, in, in chapter 4 here, you know, with, with Jesus in the wilderness here, uh, the word was anago, and it, and it more specifically means to lead up to a higher place or to launch out. Oftentimes it's like a nautical term, like to set sail. Like we're moving, we're going, something, there's, something's happening here, there's a change coming. But the word that is used later in a couple chapters ahead in Matthew is the word isvero. Isvero, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but... Last yesterday, I'm sitting in my living room. I had the the app going here, and I kept hitting the Greek auto, audible button. So it was saying the word, and Jude was in there. He's looking at me like, "What is wrong with you?" I'm going, "Isfero, isfero." Kept trying to roll the tongue. <clears throat> Can't do it. But this other word, isfero, means to lead down into. You know, oftentimes we see in the translations like the words words mean something. You know, like we have one word, led. Jesus was led. 
We're led into temptation. He leads us. And, and, but let's be a little more specific here. One is leading up to a higher place, something positive, setting sail. The other one is leading down into something, almost like in a bad way, in a negative way. Um, and then the other word, tempted, I looked at that word up, and it, and it was sort of shocking to me that they had so many words for just, just the word to tempt. And the word in Matthew chapter 4, perazo, uh, is as temptation to prove something. But the word later in chapter 6 is perasmos, which is more specifically an enticement to sin. So one being sort of like, you know, like this is, this is a situation where we're being tempted to prove something versus something where there's actually, there's actually like an enticement of sin going on. Like it, it's, it's a negative thing. And I just thought, wow, that kind of changes everything. Because I, I, I was, I got to admit, I was a little tripped up at first. I'm like, wow, wait a second. I thought God isn't going to lead us in temptation. How, how come he's taking Jesus into the wilderness for crying out loud? The guy's alone. You know, it says that he was fasting there. We're going to read in a second. The guy's out in the wilderness. You know, why, why would the Spirit do that? It just seemed kind of gutsy to me. I was like, boy. But then looking at it, like, th- there's something bigger going on here. Something much more than just, hey, just, you know, I hope I don't stumble today or I hope I don't get caught up in temptation. But God is allowing something to happen in Jesus' life to prove something, to, 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 to test something, to show how solid it is. And I really believe, like for us saints, like I think we've got to recognize this, that God is, if you're going through something, there isn't anybody, let's just be real here, who is not going through something. Like, what is God doing? He is testing us. He is proving us. He is, he is letting us know that he is solid enough for us to stand on everything, every situation. He's not shaken. He's not moving. He's not going to give up on you. He's not going to quit. We know what the scriptures are. We know what the promises are. And I thought, boy, I, I think there's something else going on here. Jesus is being led into wilderness. I think of the disciples when Jesus sent them off into the boat across the sea and a storm kicks up. He knew the storm was coming. It wasn't like he was like, oh, bad timing. I thought it was sunny out today. I didn't check the weather. No, he knew the storm was coming. He, he, even the devil and, and, and him meeting here, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he's meeting up with the devil and all I could think about was like one of those Western films, you know, where you got the good guy and the bad guy and they kind of meet in the shadows of the of the town, you know, and the good guy's like, well, I knew you'd come, and the bad guy's like, yeah, you knew I had to. You know, you just kind of, this little showdown between Jesus and, and the devil. Always keep in mind, though, don't, don't, don't let movies fool you. This isn't like Jesus here and, God, and the devil here, and there are these, like, two opposing forces of equal might. Jesus is God. The devil's defeated. It's not even, it's not even, a, not even a game to play. So here we have uh, Jesus being led by the Spirit. And I just wanted to differentiate that just so you could see the difference here. Like this is, this is a whole different context. This is a purposeful moment. Um, and this isn't, this isn't um, I, I have this tendency to sometimes picture, you know, it says here, verse 2, when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards hungered. And I picture, you know, Jesus in the wilderness fasting, uh, alone, wildernessy type environment. He's, he's hanging out there, and I just pictured this, like, 
weary man just slugging along, just like, wow, I just, you know, I'm hanging by a thread here. I'm starving. I haven't eaten anything. All my friends are gone. There's nobody here. But, but let's, just, let's just think outside the box here for, for a little bit. If you, if you have been walking with the Lord and you know what your relationship looks like with him, good timing. <laughs> you know what your relationship looks like him. You, you probably have experienced some times where you, you just want to get alone with the Lord. You know, there, there's, 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 it's like a fruitful thing that Christians do. Like, we just, just get away. Just take some time. Go be alone with Jesus. Uh, I, you know, I remember when I was younger, um, bow hunting for the first time. And uh, I've got any bow hunters here. It's your season. Uh, but I remember I had never done it before, and I remember Harley was helping me out. I think it was like my late teens, maybe early 20s, and, and he was just kept telling me all these things to buy, and I just was like, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And I remember buying a bow, buying arrows, buying camo. I got one of those climbing tree stands, you know, you put on your backpack, and you just set off into the wilderness, into the woods. And I remember he just, he's like, all right, just go and find a cool tree and go hunt. And I was like, all right. And I got there. I'm like, I don't even know how to use this thing. I'm you know, I'm ratcheting up into the tree, and I'm up there. I was, you know, I'm like, gosh, this is crazy. I'm up 20, 30 feet, you know. But I just remember being up there, being alone, and, you know, this is before cell phones and GPS, and just like, wow, like, Harley doesn't know where I am. My wife doesn't know where I am. I don't know if I was married at the time, but anyway, that's a rare thing when she doesn't know where I am. That very rarely happens, so... uh, But I just remember thinking, like, the only person that knows that I'm here right now is God. Maybe a couple animals. But God, that's, I did, and there's something kind of sacred about that. Not because, you know, maybe bow hunting is sacred to you. But beyond that, I just was like, wow, this is, this is, I've never felt this way before. I feel like I've always been someplace where somebody can see me or know where I am or know what's going on. And I just felt like there, there is something sacred about seclusion when it's just you and Jesus. You know, don't, don't, don't downplay that. You know, I know times before when I just, I've got something going on and I just need to just go hear from the Lord. I'll, I'll take my, my car, my truck, and I'll drive into Letchworth Park because, you know, it's pretty wide open in there. And, and I actually went a couple times now. I've gone over to the other side. It's pretty cool. If you drive uh, into the park on the other side and keep going, just keep going, you end up on this dirt road for miles and it goes all the way up to Big Ben on the other side. And there's nothing over there except for a little dirt road. And it's just, it's just a neat time to just like, wow, Lord, like I'm just here and it's just me and you. And we're alone and I'm not eating anything. <laughs> I'm not distracted by anything. You know, if you can, you know, moments like that, leave your cell phone. I know it seems kind of crazy in this world we live in, but just, just spending time with Jesus. And, and in those alone moments, I, I feel like God is doing something supernatural. You know, something beyond... You know, just our normal everyday routine, the hustle and the bustle going on out there. Um, you know, I just, I picture Jesus being in this wilderness. And, and maybe, just maybe he wasn't just slugging along here and starving and weary. And maybe he was more supernaturally strong than we can even imagine. Because he had just spent the last 40 days seeking his father. And it's just him and Jesus, just him and his God, his Father. I mean, Jesus is there. It's just Jesus. But I just find that kind of like 
like, wow, they must have been like really close by that time. You, you, you've completely denied your flesh. You're not eating anything. They say that when you, when you fast, uh, typically the first four, five, six days, uh, you're hungry. But then after that, your body sort of goes into this like, all right, we're not getting any food mode. So let's go to plan B. And it starts kind of digesting, you know, your, your fat, whatever, you know, whatever you've got on you. So, and then by the end of, they, they said that scientifically proven, you can read this, right around 40 days is when you start to get really hungry in a whole different kind of format because you're actually starving. And that's, that's where Jesus was at here. You know, just to put a little, a little context, but I just picture, you know, you, you, you've got him out there and he's, he's pressing into his father for 40 days. What else is he doing? He's alone. You know, he's not checking his Facebook or, you know, doing anything else. He's just out there. Is this working still good? just crazy to crazy to think about maybe Jesus was more supernaturally strong than 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 maybe I'm initially picturing here you know he's close with his father things are tight <clears throat> I uh you know just speaking on that note I was recently you know, I hardly asked me to teach, and I was like, "All right, I gotta, I gotta prepare something." So I, I was at home this week, and just a busy week. But I, I got, I got studying yesterday. No, it was Friday night, and uh, and I was talking to Marissa. I, go, I just gotta go someplace where I, I feel like you know the kids aren't being loud, or there's not like some movie playing that I'm distracted by, or you know the phone's not ringing. I said, "I just gotta go somewhere." And she's like, "Where are you gonna go?" I said, "I don't know." said, I feel like it's a little lonely up at the church, and I said, I really don't want to leave. She goes, well, you know, I, I feel like wherever I go in my, in my home, like, my kids find me. Like, I'll try and make a phone call, and they just find me. I'll go out to the car, and they're, like, banging on the windows. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, can't you see? Uh, so we, we, we bought a fishing boat recently, and uh, it's got, like, a little cabin down below in the fishing boat. And I'm like, I'm going to go in the fishing boat. I'm going to huddle down in there. There's a little bunk down in there and a little table, and there's little lights that turn on. And I thought, oh, this is great. And uh, I thought, I've got to do this more often. Just get away. Just like, you know, I could hear my kids hollering from the door, like, where's dad? Like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, okay, get the light for a second, you know, until I don't hear him. And Marissa finally came out. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> anyway, picture Jesus in one of those moments where he probably, him and the father were just like solid. And here comes the tempter. And what's he say to him? And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, more specifically could be translated since thou be the son of God, because he knew, he knew who he was, command that these stones be made bread comes to tempt Jesus. What is the first thing he tempts him with? He tempts him with the flesh. Right? I just think of, like, God, I want to speak on behalf of everybody here, but I love bread. Love bread. My wife used to make this. She hasn't been making it anymore. I don't know why, because I'm getting a little big. But uh, she would make this bread. She, like, mastered the recipe. And I remember she would make it all the time. And I'd be like, man, Maris, make that bread again. And, and she it always, the, the recipe made four loaves. I'd eat two or three. And save one for the children. Uh, 
But it just, I remember, I was like, what, what's, you know, she tried and tried, she kept trying to get it right. I go, what's the secret ingredient? She goes, I figured it out. She goes, extra gluten. I'm like, wow, loaded up with gluten, perfect, you know. And, but, uh, you know, I, I, the, the, the appetite, the, the physical appetite is such a cool picture that God has given to us as an example of, of just what the flesh does. I was just talking with a brother the other day, and he's like, you keep talking about flesh. What is the flesh? I go to flesh. What do you mean? He goes like, what? What does that mean? I go, oh, like your flesh. And he goes, yeah. I go, oh, that's like, that's like the desires that you have in your physical body. God put them there, and used the right way. They are for sure. They're a blessing. I mean, you know, food is a blessing. You know, I, 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 too much food though is a sin. You know, sleep is another one. I love sleeping. Sunday afternoon naps, man. You know right before or after the Bills game, but gosh, Sunday noon naps, Sunday afternoon naps. Um, but too much sleep becomes a sin. It, 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 you know, God, something God designed for us to be a blessing, oftentimes we take it too far and it becomes a sin. We see that all throughout the Bible. And, but, but food is such a, a great picture of that. I teach here at the school all the time. And when I'm trying to talk about fle- the flesh, I don't want to get into like too many like really serious sin issues. I mean, the kids are like kindergarten, first grade, so food is like a perfect one. I'm like, have you guys ever eaten too many candy bars, you know, and they can relate. Yeah, well, that's your flesh, you know, and then you regret it later on. But Jesus is tempted here with his flesh in this first, first little conversation he has with Satan here. And, um, and what does he do? How does he respond? He comes back, he says, he answers them, and she says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Every word. This, every word is right here. He's saying, This right here is more important than the food you eat. Like, this, this that's how you should be living your life. That seems crazy to me. I'll be honest, I don't live like that. I want to live like that. I, I you know, if you... If I was honest and you said, hey, what's on your mind right now? Majority of the time, it's food. And then, you know, on that top of that list somewhere is God's word. But I just, being real, I, but I, don't, I want it to be. With, I long for this more than I do a bowl of cereal or anything else. And I, I love how Jesus, Jesus, the way he responds to, to people in the Bible, like, just always note it. Like, gosh, he always had, like, just the perfect thing to say. And it just, like just shut everybody down always. And even when he didn't speak, it still shut people down. And here's what he says. He, he, he comes back to the devil with the word of God. And, you know, just blesses me all the time. I think about, um, you know, I, it's usually the ladies, but there's like just a cool trend right now, like putting scripture on everything. And sticking it around your house. I, I know, like, my wife comes home with all th- kinds of things, like, you know, m- milk cans and old doors and windows and things. They got scripture all over them. And they're awesome just to have scripture posted everywhere just to remind us of God's promises, to remind us of his word. Letting that be the thing that's on our minds, it's on our hearts, in our sight all the time. I made her a little sign one time. Uh, it was an old door cabinet, and I painted it white, and then I put the chalkboard paint on it. You know, I thought, oh, I'm being a crafty husband. This is great. I, I, it was Mother's Day. I wrote, Happy Mother's Day on it. I go, listen, I'm going to hang this up. And 
There's just going to be notes for you here all the time. I'm just going to write something different here all the time. I was just looking at it the other day. This was like three or four years ago. It still says Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> but I just figured, you know, it's good for the reoccurring season, you know, I'll be ready for next Mother's Day. <clears throat> but it, it, write God's word on the walls of, of your heart. You know, it, it, it's, you know, in these moments of temptation, these moments of testing, it's going to be what holds you. It's going to be what secures you, what locks you in, what is your foundation. This isn't changing. People have been reading this word for thousands of years, and it, it's never proven them wrong. Uh, people, it bothers me, too. People, people actually set out to prove this wrong, right? and you can hear lots of testimonies where they actually get saved doing it. I mean, just awesome. Praise him. <clears throat> so he comes back, the, the slyness of the devil here. He's not done. And he takes him into the holy city, and he sets him up on the pinnacle of the temple, or the, the highest point of the temple. It's believed that uh, historically uh, it was probably roughly about 200 feet high. Um, you know, I don't know if you're afraid of heights. That's pretty high. I've heard uh, um, Niagara Falls is like almost 200 feet high, just to give you a little reference. Um, he comes at him now with a fear. And he's got him up on the pinnacle of the temple. And I, you know, I don't know exactly what the whole scene looks like, but I picture them. I, you know, what is he kind of hanging him over the edge? I mean, what, you know, we wonder about these moments. Like, what exactly does this look like? Uh, but, but the enemy will oftentimes come after you with the fear, if you haven't figured that out. With something you're afraid of. Something that gives you anxiety. You know, I'll admit, I, standing up in front of everybody today, I'm like, this isn't like... A bunch of grade school kids. This is just a little intimidating, you know. I just I've never done this before. Well, it's been a while. I don't think I've ever taught a Sunday, but um, but I you know I got up this morning and about an hour before service started. I'm like, oh man, I'm having this weird feeling, and I'm just trying to think. I've had this feeling before. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember high school, right before a wrestling match. This was the feeling I got. It's where your stomach starts to feel like it's twisting, and all of a sudden you feel start feeling wheezy and the. The horizon starts to get a little shaky. You're like, what am I doing? I cannot do this. This is crazy. But there's, I mean, fears, gosh, we all have them. I know a fear of heights is a, is a legit one. I remember years ago when I was younger, uh, I used to rock climb. I know, hard to believe, right? Guy of my stature up on a cliff. Uh, but it's true. I, I did a, a bit of rock climbing when I was younger, and I... I enjoyed it. I love being outside. I love camping. I love hiking. I love all that stuff. But I remember I got some friends, and they're like into rock climbing. They're like, yeah, come rock climbing with us. So I went rock climbing for a few years of my life. And I enjoyed it, but I just I felt like um, something was not right. I just always felt like I need to be on firm ground, you know. And, and you know, fear, obviously, is a huge part of that. I just, you know, I remember hanging from off the sides of some cliffs. We used to rock climb downstate in the Gunks, it's called. It's a well-known rock climbing place, like, all over the world. Uh, the rocks there are perfectly formed, so it's just, in a lot of areas, it's straight up. It's a cliff, but it's almost like climbing a ladder. It's just very, very, um, very, some of it's very easy. Obviously, there's some hard stuff there, but... Uh, you know, I just remember every time I was up on the side of a rock ledge, like, just, like all that was going through my head was like, please, God, please, God, please, God, please, God. And just, you know, I'm like, something's not right here, you know. And, and, and I thought of 
I thought of this when I was reading here. You know, you look at what Jesus, look at what Satan says to him here. He, he comes in with the temptation of fear. He says, verse 6, And saith uh, the devil, he says unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. Now he's pulling this from Psalm 91. Uh, so he's actually taking Scripture uh, and using it. Uh, to, you know, Jesus used scripture to combat him. So he comes back with a little scripture. Interesting, you know, the manipulation here. But it says in their hands, the angel's hand shall bear thee up, lest that at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. You know, and I just, I remember rock climbing when I was younger. I'm like, I feel like I'm tempting God here. And I know nothing against, if you're a rock climber in here, I'm not saying rock climbing is a sin or anything like that. But I felt like for me, like this was something he was teaching me. Like, you're just messing, messing around here with your life. You know, you're, 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 you're playing games. God doesn't want us to play games with our lives. He wants us to take every moment, every single opportunity, every word that comes out of our mouths, every step we take, he wants us to take it seriously. It's eternal. It's going to impact eternity, every single thing we do, whether for the good or bad. So take it to heart. Don't, don't play games with things. I, you know, I, I saw this documentary actually just recently. It caught my attention. I was waiting for my kids and I saw it was called Free Solo. It was about this rock climbing dude who, who he, he, you know, was kind of a hip guy and, and into rock climbing. And, and if you, um, you know, know how rock climbing works, you typically climb with a rope. You have little attachments that go into the rocks and, and, uh, um, this guy had this challenge. Uh, there's this huge cliff face out west in Yosemite Park called El Capitan, and it's this sheer rock ledge that's, um, you know, it's thousands of feet above sea level, but the actual rock face of it, I think, is like something like 2,700 feet high, so roughly a half a mile, just over half a mile straight up, and this guy wanted to climb it with no ropes and by himself completely. And he trained to do it with ropes, you know, went through and figured out all of his moves as he went. And I just thought, this is crazy. Who would do something like this? Why would you tempt the Lord like that? And I, I really felt like there's something really almost evil that, that you know, God, God helped this guy. He probably didn't know. He just thought it was cool to rock climb. But I really feel like the enemy just does that kind of stuff and gets it in our heads like, man, here's a challenge. Try this. We'll just give this a shot. Or just go over here. You'll be fine. It'll be okay. You know, you, you, you know, angels will catch you. And I was just watching this documentary. It actually took him four hours to get to the top. He did it. Uh, but the first time he went to do it, it started early in the morning, sun wasn't up, and he said, I got up a couple hundred feet, and there's this one spot where you have to climb. And he said, you have to trust your footing. There's nothing to hold on to, and you just have to hope, all right, I hope my feet hold today. And you have to launch up and grab the spot. And he said, I got up to it. And he said, I was there, and I was ready, and I was like, you know what? I just don't feel like I'm ready to die today. So he didn't, and he called his team, and they got him down. There's a whole group there filming, and even the guys who are on the camera, they're, like, filming the thing, and they're stepping away from the camera. They're like, I can't watch this. I feel like I'm about to watch my friend die. I can't even look at the camera. I feel like I got to, like, they couldn't handle it. I just thought, something's not right here. We are not meant to mess with these things. Don't tempt the Lord. Don't play games with your life. If you're, if you're going through something right now and you feel like, hey, you know what, if maybe I'm kind of 
playing games here a little bit. I'm doing something that's a little risky. I'm going out on a bit of a limb here that maybe I don't think this is the Lord. Check your heart. Prayerfully check your heart because I, I know it's a scary place to be. I remember when I was rock climbing, just, I remember one time we went up, it was about two or 300 feet we went up, and we were up so high on this cliff, I mean, we could see the whole Hudson Valley, and I remember where we found this little crack in the rock where we could sit, and he's like, you, my buddy was a little more gutsy than me, he's like, you want to untie, and so you can get a little more comfortable, like, no, keep me tied up, I'm good, you know, I'm fine, so we're eating lunch up there, and these vultures are flying in below us into their nests, you know, and I'm like, I feel like the vultures know something, you know. I'm like, I, in that moment, I'm, I'm thinking that I feel like the vultures are actually smarter than I am right now. Like something's out of order here, you know. And nothing against rock climbing. I, I actually think it's, it's great. Just be safe, be wise, right? Uh, but fear gets you. Fear is gripping. And fear can drive you in directions that God does not want you to go. And the enemy is coming in here with some fear. Like, I, what did it look like? I don't know. You know, but they're on the pinnacle of the temple. And I don't think there's a lot of room up there to hang out or whatever it looked like. And I want to note here that Satan is coming in with Scripture. You know, Jesus is pulling all these Scriptures that Jesus references here. You can look them up. They're in Deuteronomy. But Satan is coming at him now in this second little tempting scene here on the pinnacle with a Scripture from Psalm 91. But he's twisting it. Beware of that. I, I think in this world we live in right now, we can all agree that, boy, things can easily be twisted. Communication can go sideways really fast. You know, I, I'm not trying to talk about my children. Actually, my wife kept telling me, please don't talk about me. But just, I, I, I think sometimes, even in our family, like the communication can just fall apart, you know, I, and I, I think sometimes that even like I watch my own children, like I love them to death, but sometimes they, they can be a little manipulative. They can kind of take my words and they can kind of twist them. Satan took the words of God and he kind of twisted them here and he's kind of putting a little spin on them like, hey, the angels will catch you. It says in Psalms, that, you know, lest I, dash, lest I dash thy foot against a stone, you'll be okay. And I'm not trying to reference my children to Satan, but... <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> uh, but I just picture them, you know, they just, they come to me all the time and they're just like, you know, they, they kind of have a way with words and they'll be like, dad, can we have sandwiches for dinner? And uh, can a friend come over sometime? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe. And if you're a parent here, maybe is not a good word to use with your children because maybe oh, to them is like green light, let's go, you know, and before I know it, they're eating ice cream sandwiches for dinner. And there's 20 kids sleeping on the floor in my living room. And I'm like, wait, wait, what's going on here? They're like, you said we could have people over. I go, I didn't mean right now. Why are you eating ice cream sandwiches for dinner? You said we could have sandwiches for dinner. I'm like, what? <laughs> what just happened? And they make your head spin. Man, you guys are really good at this. Where do we learn it from, though? You know, it, 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 Satan is father of all lies. He will take everything and twist it in your life and get you thinking things upside down and backwards so fast, and you won't even see it coming if you're not close with Jesus. It's scary to see it happen. It's, it's happened in my life before. But he's definitely taking the words here, and he's twisting it. And then the last spot here, he comes in with some temptation. He says, 
or no, sorry, Jesus' response here, I don't want to skip that. Jesus said to him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Don't play games with, with God and what he's doing. In verse 8, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And now I, I, you know, I'm always trying to put a visual to what's going on, but I picture Jesus on a mountain, you know, maybe them looking down and seeing the cities or the kingdoms down below and all the lights and everything's lit up. And, but, but it says here, the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, I, I, you know, this is a supernatural moment. You know, I, what, is, what is Satan putting before the eyes of Jesus? What is, he, what is he trying to lure him with? The glory of those kingdoms of the world. The power. This is what you could have. This is who you could be. This is the title you could have. This is, this is the stuff you could have. This is the money you could have. This is the fame you could have. I, I see here, you know, the enemy coming at Jesus with like three common things that oftentimes will beget me. My flesh, my fears, and power. Like just scary to think about. Like he's got us pinned pretty well sometimes. He knows us. He's strategic in his efforts to take us down. And he shows him the glory of the kingdoms. And he says unto them, unto him, All these things will I give to you if you will bow, if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus says to him, Get thee hence, Satan. Get out of here. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. I, I, it boggles me that Satan even has the guts to offer to Jesus in a tempting moment here something that really. He loses in the end. You know, it's like the old bait and switch. Like, hey, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. I'm not going to have them for very long, but I'll give them to you. Like, God already owns everything. He's got the whole universe in his hands. Nothing happens in your life or any of our lives unless God allows it. The Bible tells us that. He's got the whole world in his hands. Amen. I wouldn't want it any other way. And I just, I find it so manipulative of Satan to be like, look, kingdoms of the world. You know, no, no doubt. I mean, obviously Satan has huge influence over the powers that are going on out there in the world. And back then, I'm sure as well. You know, people are influenced by the enemy. He definitely has his hand in people's lives and controls leaders and countries and nations and kingdoms. But I just find it so interesting that just recognize it. Like Satan will tempt you with something that he doesn't even have to give to you. It's not even his to, 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 to try and lure you with or entice you with. You have won. We win. In the end, we win. Don't ever forget that. The battle's done. Jesus defeated sin and all these messy things that are going on in the world. It's all been defeated already. I'm just so blessed. I, I look at what's going on in Israel right now, and I look at what's going on in our country. And, you know, I just, I'm like, God, you're going to make all the crooked things straight and the rough places smooth. That's what your word says. I find such comfort and such joy. Like, Lord, you've got it all under control. I don't have to worry about that. And I just, I don't picture... 
Jesus in this weary moment, like, oh, Satan, get behind me. I picture him just like, get out of here, like firm, like strong, like strengthened spiritually, like get out. And I feel like we can act like that, like Satan, get out of my life. Maybe we could say that to the enemy, get out of here. I don't, I don't need this. Like we draw near to the Lord and we become strong and mighty. We set ourselves apart. We become firm, firm. We become people who build our lives on a firm foundation. We deny ourselves. He says, what does he say there? What does Jesus say? Worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Only him. King of kings, the Lord of lords. There is none beside him. There is no other God that will be worshipped. Almost as if picturing like, you know, Hey, you know, you get to see these kings or you see these famous people. There's lots of famous people out there. And that stuff can be tempting. I, you know, I, I, I try not to struggle with it too much. You know, sometimes things will come along where, you know, you get an offer for something. I'm like, Lord, is this you? You know, I recently got this job offer. Uh, the, the, we, I work at the school here in the sales book company that I work for. Uh, offered me a job in northern Texas. You know, it was like benefits and company vehicle, you know, and I was like, wow, northern Texas, like, wow, picturing me in a cowboy hat, you know, and, you know, just for a minute, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving, this, like, this is, God is, this is where God wants me, and like, you know, you just feel firm in that, like, that, that the enemy will come in, and he'll just throw things out there, like, to try and get you to go in directions that's not pleasing to the Lord, you know, I mean, what, what, you know, what are you expecting? You know, promotion? Uh, what, what, what's going what's gonna to lure you? What will pull you? What, 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 you know, what would I give into if the NFL called me? And like, hey, listen, now's the time. We need you, you know. Backup quarterback, come on, boy. I mean, you know, would I go, you know? I keep telling the kids, I'm like, there's some, there's some players in the NFL that are, that are in their 40s. I'm like, there's still a chance. They might need a guy like me. Nobody's called me, so you don't have to worry about that. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to Texas. I can't stand the heat. <clears throat> I'm, I mean, we, we, everybody's looking at different places to move, and and uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. But I thought, oh, where would we go? You know, I was looking at land in Alaska. My wife's like, "What is wrong with you?" She's like, "Why well, everybody wants to go to nicer climates, and you're looking in Alaska?" I go, "Yeah, that proves to me I'm not going anywhere. You know, this is where the Lord's got me." <clears throat> But I want to encourage you guys. You, know, you see Jesus, I mean, he starts out here in his first moment of temptation. He's down on the, in the, in the, on the ground with the stones. You know, just, Satan's talking to the dirt, to the rocks, and saying, listen, not talking to the dirt, he's talking to Jesus, but he's talking about the, the stones. He's down there in the dirt. And then where does he move to? He moves to the pinnacle of the temple. And then where does he move from there? He goes to a, to a high mountaintop. God is progressing your lives. And he's taking you from glory to glory. And he's, he's going to finish what he's started in you. And all of this stuff that you may be going through today and, and struggling through, like it, he, he is using it to prove to you how strong he is. To prove to you that his word can be stood upon. That it can be a foundation. That following him, that his Holy Spirit, that it, it, he's there with you. And I think so often, like, he, he, he has to bring us through some of these things. And he, by his spirit, he leads us into them. And it seems kind of crazy to think, like, God, why would you lead me into a mess? 
But he's on the other end of it, like saying, like, no, 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 hang in there. I've, I've got this. I know what I'm doing. I think of my kids when they were little, like, you know, I, I grew up uh, doing a lot of swimming. And, uh, you know, swimming, it's another fear out there that people kind of, you know, it grips them a little bit. And I can just picture all of my children when they were little, like, I'd, I'm like, hey, come with me. We're going to go in the water. And they were like, no. You know, like, just freaked them out. Like, they, they look, they're looking at me like my, my dad is leading me to death, you know. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is, just come with me. I want to show you something here. I want to show you something great. This is going to be a blessing. You're going to love this. You're going to be upgraded. You're going to be, you know, this is going to be a skill set. Like, let's go into the water, wherever it was, a lake or the ocean or, you know. And, and, and gosh, it was, for them, it was scary. I remember when I was a young kid being scared. You know, I could still picture, what was it, second grade? Standing there on a diving board every day at the public pool, like thinking, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump. No, I'm not. And you're going to get down the next day. And, and I would just remember finally, you know, actually no, it was kindergarten. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I just remember standing there and thinking, all right, I'm going to do it. And jumping in and hitting that water and just felt like I died. Like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? And then when I bobbed up out of the water, I'm like, this is the funnest thing I've ever did, you know, up out of the ladder and running around and then just doing it over and over again. I really feel like that's what God wants to bring us to. Like, to this point, we're like, God, do it again. Lead us into some more temptation, you know. Bring us into another test, another refining, another trial that's going to show us over and over and over again, Lord, just how solid you are, just how you don't leave, you don't forsake You know, whatever you're going through today, I don't, I don't know everybody here, uh, but I do know that we're going through things, and I just want you guys to be encouraged. That God's not leading you to something that's going to destroy you. He's leading you to things that, he, that are going to show you his glory. It's going to show you who he is. It's going to show you what he's made of. He doesn't want us to walk in any kind of fear. He doesn't want us to be conquered by our flesh, and he doesn't want us to be pushed and pulled by the influences and the power trips and struggles that are out there. Fast. Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much, Lord. Your word is powerful, Lord. And just a short little section here, Lord, but just how much Lord you teaching us, Lord, to every little thing in our lives, Lord. It just proves to me over and over again, Lord, that that you're real. Lord, every person in this room, Lord, are all testimonies of you, Lord. We're here because something happened in our lives that caused us to come to you. And I'd be willing to bet, Lord, whatever it was that, that caused us to come to you probably was something difficult. It probably was some kind of test. It probably was something that uh, coming in, walking into it seemed really scary. But as we keep walking with you, Lord, we see how you follow through. We see what you do, Lord. You prove that you are able. And you prove to us that with you, Lord, we are able. Without you, Lord, we can do nothing. But with you, Lord, there's nothing that you can't overcome, Lord. I just thank you, Lord. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to overcome everything that's going on. It's heavy on our hearts, Lord. Things just even on our minds right now as we're praying, Lord. I pray that you would remind us that you're going to see us through. You're faithful, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen.